Hello, 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 beautiful people of the world. Welcome back to the Happy Conversation Idea Show. This is your host and a lifestyle coach, Happy Benz here. And I welcome you today to the Happy Conversation Idea Show. Every episode, I bring and I invite the special guest who are the most happiest to share their thoughts, ideas, and stories. And in this episode, he's my one of the dear friends and second to none, Sanjay Nath. Yes, he is an internationally renowned speaker who travels globally, sharing insights on leadership and performance. As a speaker, in 2005, Sanjay became the youngest Canadian and third youngest in the world to earn his CSP, Certified Speaking Professional. And in 2018, Sanjay was inducted in the Canadian Speakers Hall of Fame. That's beautiful. He is an author of several books including the 10-80-10 principles. He is best known for his trademark, the 10-80-10 principle, which is a framework that helps individuals and teams to improve performance and goal. Please welcome Sanjay. So thank you very much, Happy. Excited to be here. And as usual, you have the most beautiful scenic view behind you. Thank you so much, Sanjay. It's an honor and a pleasure. Well, thanks for your precious time once again for meeting me on Zoom online. But last time I think we met at the, the Hall of Fame Speaker Award you received in Canada and Vancouver. It's an honor. So here is my humble salute to you, Mr. Sanjay. Your wonderful friend, your wonderful world-class speaker. I could not be lucky enough. But my audience are really excited to know about your in and out, your journey and so on. So further delay, we like to start and please tell us about uh, when, how and why did you decided to become the world class speaker? Uh, first of all, I don't know if I am a world class speaker, but uh, to answer the question of how did I, what was my journey to become a speaker? When I was in grade 10, uh, I went to a leadership conference okay. for grade 10 students. And I saw the impact speakers had on me personally. And I, I remember sitting there going, wow, I didn't realize the speaker could actually have that impact. And I remember thinking, sitting there as a 15-year-old going, one day I'm going to come back here and I'm going to speak. And, and I, I had this little visualization that when they introduced me, the last line of the introduction was going to say something like, oh, and by the way, he sat where you were. So fast forward, last May was my 34th year in a row involved with that organization. Wow. And so. Yeah. And in fact, one of the speakers that I'd seen as a grade 10 became one of my first mentors. So, and again, I didn't know you could actually do it. So going to my first year of university, um, I was, I got a phone call from my previous high school. The student council president called me up and said, Sanjay, we want you to come back and give us a pep talk about getting involved and getting good grades and being active. And they said, we'll pay you to speak. And I said, you'll pay me to speak? Normally, people pay me to shut up. This is great. And so I was really excited about that. And, and the people I was living with at school, one of the girls said, she said, what are you so excited about? I said, well, they want to pay me to speak. And she said, what are you going to talk about? I said, I'm oh, getting involved in leadership. And she said, this is great. She goes, you know, I coach a swim team. Why don't yeah. you come speak to my swim team? True. So she connected me with the head coach of the swim team. And he said, this sounds great, but it sounds like more than a one-shot deal. We want you to come in every week. So the next thing I know is a 19-year-old kid, I'm waking up at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning to talk to 8 to 10-year-old swimmers about 
goal setting and dealing with your parents and communication and self-belief and that kind of stuff. And the older kids started sitting in on the sessions. Then the parents started sitting in on the sessions. And this one gentleman came up to me and said, I run a youth group. Would you like to come and speak at a youth group? So that led me to there. And there was a teacher in the audience and she said, that was amazing. How much do you charge to speak at schools? And I went, I didn't know you could charge to speak at school. And my business was born. And that was 1995 and it's 2023. So 28 years later, uh, the phone still rings and things snowball. And one person in one audience sees me speak, goes, hey, that's valuable. We have other people who would love to hear that message. And fantastic. so that's, it, it found me. Interesting. And this is fantastically that you started a journey from school and you were was not sure and unsure. And then still you took that courage to stand up as a leader, as you do the leadership uh, coaching training and programs you provide to the organization and all. This is fantastic. And I'm very inspired. And all the audience and all your clients, I know very well be inspired there too, that you are providing the best value in the marketplace. So I hope uh, and during your journey, I believe, Sanjay, there must be a lot of hoops, hurdles and mistakes and all. Um, next question is that, uh, what did you learn from yours or any client's mistake that has changed your lifestyle? Oh, geez. I thought we were only going to talk for an hour. You want to hear about my mistakes? <laughs> um, you know, I, I will say one of the big ones, let, let, being very business focused. Okay. Um, one of the things I realized is, and, and I, I'm going to say what the issue was, and then I'm going to take it from a higher level. Okay. And it was around charging. I used to always be scared of charging. And I would always assume that, you know, people had or didn't have whatever. So my, my very initial fee as a 19 year old kid, I used to charge $300. Wow. And that's a lot. This was, and this was a ridiculous amount of money as far as I was concerned. And so, but this is what I did. I would say, they would say, how much do you charge? And I wasn't sure what to say. And, and then I was nervous and oh my, and I, they would say, how much do you charge? I would say, I charge, I charge, I charge, I charge $300, but you probably don't have that. I'll do it for 50. Wow. I would talk myself down. And over the years, I probably talked myself out of hundreds of thousands of dollars just by doing that, by assuming I know their situation, by devaluing myself. So that was the issue. But what was the bigger issue? The bigger issue was I didn't own my feet. I okay. felt I didn't live in a symbiotic relationship. I lived in that if someone was bringing me in to speak, I felt like they were doing me a favor. And it took me years to get to the point was, no, they are not doing me a favor and I'm not doing them a favor. I'm creating them value and they're paying me for the value I create. And wow. so over the years, I've gotten much better at that, but it manifests itself in other ways. It's not only about money. It could be about content. It could be about um, discussions. It can be in different ways. But the big lesson there for me was own who I am and what I do and the value it brings to other people. And sometimes we, so we have a tendency as human beings to do this. We focus and compare our weaknesses to other people's strengths. And so we feel inadequate and, and the things we're really good at, we just assume everyone else can do them. We, and we belittle them and we play them down. So yeah. when you can look at yourself in the mirror and kind of go, this is where I'm good. And this is where I'm not good and own both of those and surround yourself with people that can help you get better. And you help other people get better. You move forward. So that would probably be the biggest one. 
No, that's very intelligently. You just said that, you know, you were fumbling, mumbling to even say your own fees. And this has happened even I'm a speaker too at some point and I do my seminar and workshop. It's exactly the same thing when we undervalue our own intelligence and uh, we don't see that there's a worth out there. So we are scared to talk about our own fees, but uh, but in practically people are admiring what you're saying. They're getting inspired. And so one of the trainings that you said, and I do that too, to first just set your own value in the marketplace. The more intelligent, the more you learn, the more you can earn, the more you teach, the more you can learn too as well. So setting up a prize is challenging in the beginning, but when we do it, and I think that's why we professionals are like you here. So I, I really admire what you just said and set it out. And, and the other thing though, too, is remember that you're, there are things you're good at and other people are not good at them. So, I, I mean, if I can share a quick story, I was doing a program one time and it was very well received. And the, the gentleman who was the MC was hilarious. High energy. We're both high energy presenters. We make the audience laugh, that kind of thing. And this one girl, kind of one of the organizers, she kind of came to the two of us and she said, oh, you guys are amazing. She goes, I could never do what you guys do. I would fall flat on my face. And I was like, hold on, time out. Give me a second here. I said, <laughs> you're organizing this event. You gathered 500 people to put into this event. You've kept it on time. You brought in the speakers. You uh, organized, you scheduled it. You did the fundraising. I said, if you take me in this funny MC and it's just the two of us telling jokes back and forth, it's a really boring day. And so what she was going is, I'm not a good speaker. I don't know how to corral the audience. So she was taking her weaknesses and comparing it to our strength and she was feeling inadequate. But at the flip side, if she said, hey, this the MC and the Sanjay guy, they can't organize as well as I can, then all of a sudden she's queen of the world. So wow. rather than beating ourselves up for what we're not good at, own where we are good. No, I totally agree with that. And there are moments that we are unsure about it. But once we get the grip, when we are confident, when the things are coming, money, tangible, intangible goods are and appreciation are coming, we become professional time by time. No one, no one becomes champion from the day we are born. We become one leader as you are. <laughs> okay, Sanjay, my friend, please tell us about your this 10-80-10 principle and how does it help uh, folks out there for their career and lifestyle how what does it is mean and please tell us about your 108010 principle which sure. you teach around so the, the world the 108010 principle is an underlying philosophy of which all my programming is based on so let me back up a second i've been doing this dimension for 28 years okay. and anytime you do something for 28 years it's usually for one of two reasons either a people legitimately truly love it or b people have really good blackmail photos and I assure you, it's camp A for me. This self-developed leadership, uh, personal growth world, I love it. I'm constantly reading, writing, researching. And over the years, I've read hundreds of different ideas and concepts, if not thousands. And I found that in the leadership realm, certain ideas and notions kept on coming up time and time again. True. Around communication and trust and focusing on your strength and, and empowering others and you know, these, these concepts are not new. They've been around for thousands of years, but maybe how they manifest themselves will change because technology allows us to do something differently or people's values will shift in a particular culture and allow us to do things differently. But what I did was I actually made a list and they're actually sitting in my office here. There's a list of about 10 of them. And okay. everything I always ever read comes into one of these 10 categories. It's about, again, trust or leadership or communication or values or mission or whatever. 
And so what I did is I kind of mushed them together and I tried to create almost a universal concept that empowered or encompassed as many of these as possible. And that's where with this 108010 comes from. So the 108010 principle basically says you can take any group of, pe of people and you can subdivide them to three groups. Top 10%, bottom 10%, and majority 80%. The top 10 get to be there. The bottom 10 have to be there. And the majority 80 follows whichever group is more empowered. So let me give you a quick example of where this plays out. Okay. If you've ever been to a concert or a, a play or a production of some sort, and you ended up giving a standing ovation to something you feel didn't really deserve a standing ovation, this is the 108010 principle at play. Why? Mm -hmm. What happened? So you happen to be sitting next to the lead role's mother. So when the program is done, she is on her feet. She's clapping. She's hooting. She's hollering. She's throwing roses. She's, oh, there's my baby. Oh, my baby, my baby. Yes. And so you look around and everyone else around you is standing up. And partly out of politeness and social convention, you end up standing and giving yeah, a standing right. ovation. So what happened was the top 10 in that situation was very empowered. And because they were empowered, they got attention and accolade. The majority 80, which was me, I ended up following. So yeah. the top 10 gets empowered, the majority 80 follows. However, when the bottom 10 gets empowered, the majority 80 can follow that. Have you ever been in a presentation that's bad? It's poorly constructed. The content is bad. It's delivered hideously. And it's useless. You, you, you're looking around. Everyone is either in a side conversation yeah. or they are looking on their phone. Yeah. And what do you do? You kind of pull out your phone and you check your email. Why? What happened in that situation? The bottom 10 got empowered. The majority 80 started following them. So the notion of this 108010 concept is everything you do, even if you break down your personality traits or any group of people you deal with, there's always top 10 and bottom 10. People who want to be there and people who have to be there. And the punchline of it is you'll always get your best results. True. You'll have your most efficiency, you'll have your least amount of stress, you'll have your getting closest to the goal most efficiently by focusing on your top 10 and using the language I would say is neutralizing your bottom 10. And I've had people use it for losing weight, for increasing sales, for change management, for organizational culture shift. Across the board, it has a very universal appeal. Oh, fantastic. Now, this is very significant uh, uh, highlight. You have shared the thoughts which you which you admired it somewhere and then you learned it and it put it into a principle so that it can be memorized and used as in a, a formula based uh, principle that it will never fail once we are observant and we we know where we are falling are we the 80 person are we the bottom 10 or the top 10 and i believe i wish everyone to be on the top 10 well the reality is this as a human being you live in all three areas you may you be do. top 10 when it comes to your career it may be bottom 10 when it comes to exercise. It may be majority 80 when it comes to relationships, right? Uh -huh. and not only that, but if someone can't strive to be top 10 all the time, because if my definition changes, top 10 and bottom 10 can swap very quickly. Sure. An example I sometimes use with people, I say, if you're with a group and you're doing a brainstorming exercise, and it's about creativity and coming up with ideas, and in that group, there's a devil's advocate, someone who always looks at things a different way and wants to shoot out shoot down the ideas in that particular situation that devil's advocate is a bottom 10 yeah. because of the exercise we're doing however if you take the same group of people and now instead of brainstorming ideas we're now doing a safety exercise yes you that 
devil's advocate becomes the top 10 because they're thinking about things. Well, what happens if aliens come down and abduct us? How are we going to protect us? So that same skill set will serve as a top 10 rather than a bottom 10. So you have to understand the metrics and the situation you're in will change. And, and sometimes you want to own and be bottom 10. If you're not a good cook, right, and you're hosting a dinner party, you can still provide value because maybe you set the table or you buy the groceries or you play the music. So you can still contribute to the group. But when it comes to cooking, you would be classified as a bottom 10. Uh-huh. I agree. Well, this is a remarkable uh, observation and a principle. Thanks for sharing. I hope uh, our audience will get golden nuggets and they can use it in their personal life. If it doesn't work, they know how to reach to you to get more clarity on that. Thanks, Sanjay. Now, I know that you've been written a few books and, uh, and you have gifted me when you were back here in Vancouver, when you were receiving the Hall of Fame uh, Speaker Award and Championship. And you gave me one book. I remember that you have several books as an author. What is the most significant thing that you think you find in your books? And can you tell about one of your favorite books to our audience quickly? Okay, so I have three books. Um, okay. Originally, the story goes like this. I started writing my 10-80-10 book. Okay. And I, I wrote about half of it and then decided like, oh, I don't want this to be my first book because this is going to be a bestseller. And I had all these great you know ideas. And so what I ended up doing was I went back and I wrote a student book because I had a lot of um, experience in the student market. I'd spoken to like somehow 1200 schools or something like that. Wow. And so I, I put together this book. It was called the ABCs of student leadership and it yes. looks like this. Um, and so I, the reason I did that was I wanted to learn the process. You know, how do you get an ISBN number? Do you self-publish? Where do you do the book layout, et cetera, et cetera. So I put it together more of a, an experiment to learn the process. In fact, it has some pictures in it. The original yeah. book only had clip art. And you're not technically supposed to print clip art in that kind of a, an environment, but I only printed up a hundred books and I figured they're going to end up on my parents' bookshelf. So I printed those and then they sold out. Um, so I printed another hundred and they sold out. So I printed up a third hundred and they sold out before I even finished printing them out. So all of a sudden I thought, you know what? I can actually maybe sell this book. And so I printed up 5,000 of them. And then after that, another 10,000, it ended up becoming a bestseller. Uh, and then once I was sort of established, I went and did, went back to the 10-80-10 book, which is this one over here. And um, I, I kind of went through it, but I don't feel it was my best work. And so during the pandemic, I've rewritten the 10-80-10 book, but I've written it as a parable. I so see. it's very story-based to try to explain the concept. So really try to increase the stickiness factor. Great. So um, where... Sorry to cut you. Yeah. So where where our audience can find that? Is all on Amazon or your Not website? Yeah. No. Uh, if you want to get one of those two books, you have to kind of go to my website. The okay. third book I haven't actually printed yet, even though I, I, it is done and ready to go. And the reason is I still have a whole bunch of these in my garage and I want to get rid of them. So uh, I'm waiting for for uh, I'm probably about six months away from printing them up. Um, but that's that's kind of what the plan is. And then during COVID, I wasn't speaking as much, so it was more difficult to to sell them and stuff. So it's coming soon. Keep okay. an eye on the website. We will definitely will uh, share all the links and all in this uh, podcast and YouTube and everywhere. And I wish you really massive success in your authorships and doing and inspiring the world. I couldn't wait to get one of your autograph copy. <laughs> okay. Anytime, Abby. Anytime.
Hey, thanks, Sanjay, so much. Yeah, I know you're a wonderful gentleman. Okay, so now I know you went through a lot of ups and downs in, in business. Uh, now, during the crisis, during the financial crisis, um, did you have the independent thinking for yourself or did, did somebody have been advise you for your life-changing decisions? You're talking 2008, 2009, that, that crisis? That one or anyone that which has impacted you during the financial crisis that you thought, okay, this is going nowhere and I'm done with my career and lifestyle. Did you have your own independent thinking that time or somebody advised you to make a life-changing decisions, if any? So, you know what? I believe it's always a bit of both. I don't think you ever have independent thinking because even when you have an independent thought, you're a summation of all the experiences you've had over the past. So people have influenced you in one way or another anyways. So fortunately for my speaking career, which started in 95, there were there a couple of big blips. Uh, 2001, right, with, uh, with 9-11, that, that was a big blip and it, it, it impacted the industry. 2008 yes. crisis, uh, the yes. financial crisis was one. And, uh, and then COVID uh, would be another one. And fortunately, for the first two in in 01 and in 08, a good chunk of my business was within the education sector. Okay. And so as a result of that, I was pretty, um, I was I was in good shape. You know, my, my business took a, a hit, but it wasn't a, a ridiculous hit like a lot of corporate speakers that I knew. And during COVID, everything shut down. And I'm also doing primarily corporate work these days. And so for me, um, I ended up, uh, I actually had some financial, uh, sorry, some personal issues as well. I was going through a particularly nasty divorce that I was blindsided by. So I wasn't speaking because no one was gathering. I was spending way more than I wanted to on lawyers. And the biggest issue for me was I wasn't doing what I truly loved, which was speaking. And so okay. left in my own thoughts, I realized I needed to do something else. So yeah. during the, during the uh, COVID, I started a courier company and ended up with a fleet of trucks and a staff of about 15 and have a, have a fairly successful career company, which is still running to this day. Nice. Wow. So, Fantastic. And um, you go get a once a tiger, always tiger, you move down from one stage and then you picked up another and uh, you're still going on. Well, you, here's the thing though, too, is although I, I joke, my friends go, what are you talking about? You run a career company. You're a speaker. I don't get it. I said, no, no, no. It's the same business. I'm a delivery boy. I used to deliver speeches. Now I deliver packages. So, <laughs> uh, and, and, but, you know, joking aside, business is business. The fundamental, yes. I don't care what business you're in, the core of business is the same, which is this. Create, create a tremendous amount of value for your customers. Nice. Get paid handsomely for, do, for doing so. Whether Great. I'm in education or manufacturing or government or speaking, or finance, or whatever it is. That's what business is about. Treat your team with respect, empower them, and create uh, create great products. Exactly. Uh, rule number one, customer is the real boss. And rule number two, if you don't agree, follow the rule number one again. <laughs> Every single dollar we have in our pocket now, and it was in past in our bank, and it will come in our pocket and bank, it has to come from someone else's pocket. So that's the customer. So the customer, but I agree. So any business is a business. No job is a menial job. I have done more than 26 different jobs to my career. And that's where I've reached enormous amount of uh, skill, which I, 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 in my speaking and my teaching, I also 
teach us the biggest skill ever we can learn is the people skill how to get along if that we can learn we can do anything any job any career any business in the world how to get along with others absolutely and it's rewarding in the in the in the trucking industry and especially during covid there is a ridiculous amount of turnover turnover is extremely high right truck drivers come and go and that kind of thing so in my team and now i don't have a huge team but it's about 15 so it's not puny but it's it's not it's not huge either but in the last year we've had zero turnover no hires no fires and no quits and people in the industry don't believe me uh but this is what we've done is we've created an environment where we trust our people. The people trust us. We get our stuff done. We treat them fairly. We treat them with respect and it's returned to us in spades. So that means that sometimes the guys will have to work later and they don't complain. And sometimes they get to finish earlier and I'm not going to hold them going, Oh, it's not four o'clock. Go. So you want to create that symbiotic relationships. So, and then that like to what you were saying that this is about in that particular case, they're my customer. Right. I have customers as the, the drivers, the employees, but I also have customers and the people that are actually paying to have the packages delivered and, and, and everything in between. So recognize customers take different forms. True. I agree with that, Sanjay. I couldn't agree with more of that. So so bitter fact, but it's truth and it's vitally important that once we understand and get the grip of it, no one can stop us to become unstoppable and successful people. Now, I know that you are continuing also training and coaching corporate industry again, because just your continued business is about training, coaching and speaking. Something related to that. Now, how do you predict and advise that any company or organization is not on the right track to generate revenue? How can you predict it? Well, you don't have to predict it. Okay. No one's perfect. So okay. I don't care what organization you're part of, there are ways to make it better. Okay. Sometimes it's very obvious and other times it's just mere fine tuning, right? Okay. And sometimes it's about taking what you're doing and cleaning it up and making it more efficient. And other times it's like scrapping this business unit and let's expand into this one. So I'm a believer. It, it's about continuous improvement. Forget it could be as a business, but or as, a, as a human being. No human being is perfect. You may have a bazillion dollars in the bank and you may be in great shape, and you may have mental health, uh, very strong mental health, and sleep well, and have a great relationship. But I tell you, your life's still not perfect, and there's still ways you can get better. And it might be in the form of making more money, or having a stronger relationship, or building a bigger muscle, or sleeping longer. But there's always opportunities to grow. And as long as a person, or in this particular case, a business or an organization is willing to open up and go, how do we get better? There's always going to be ways of doing that. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks so much for sharing on that. Uh, I know that you've been training. You go to the corporate high-end companies and all. You do leadership training and all. So find out that how they can improve and generate more revenues and all. And you've done a tremendous amount of uh, work. And I can see in the world I've seen. So we're really glad that you are doing this, what we can get some help to go on our higher bracket of success. So Sanjay, can tell us now you've been teaching young adults and corporate people, folks, too, as well. The next question is, uh, how can a person with no money or higher education can start a business? Do you have any idea on that, please? Um, you know, there, there's a, an old cliche that, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. I agree. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm a big, big, big believer of that. When I started my speaking business, I was 19 years old. And I actually told myself that I would not put any money into the business I didn't have. So back then in 1995, 
speakers would go do VHS videotapes and put them in the mail, right? There was no internet and, and, and web and you didn't oh, even take cell phone video and post it. So to do that was a very big capital expense. Back then, you might have had to pay $10,000, which is even a decent amount of money now, but back then was astronomical amount. And so I told myself, I wouldn't do it. Like I would not print up flyers until I was paid to have money to print up flyers. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good way of doing it because there's a good balance. Sometimes you want to leverage slightly, but you don't want to be over leveraged that, that you're exposed. So it is, there are ways to do it. I'm reminded of a story around education. I was speaking for a, a school. It was a, a high school and it's a very beaten up, uh, emotionally high school. The school was fine, but no school spirit, very apathetic. And they had a student council and the student council really wanted to do great things and have more school spirit and people go to the dances. And the student council had like five people on it. The population of the school was 1000. They had five people, not even a student council advisor. And the five of them were kind of sitting around going, well, what do we do? We have no money. No one likes the school. No one. And so they, someone said, well, what do you mean? No one likes the school. And they said, okay, they decided to have a survey and they went and they did a survey and they got, of the thousand people, like maybe a hundred people filled up the survey. And it was questions like, what do you like most about the school? What do you like least about the school? You know, it's kind of simple questions. And one of the things most people said, a big theme was, it seemed like a cold, indifferent place. I didn't feel welcome. And so they, they decided that that was going to be the theme they wanted to tackle. And they weren't sure how to do it. They said, well, you know, maybe we could have a dance or maybe we could have uh, a festival or whatever. And they're like, we can't, we don't have any money. And so the five of them sitting there, the one kid, I think he was in grade nine. So he was the low man on the totem pole. He said, I have an idea. And they said, okay, what is it? He goes, how about this? We meet every week for our student council meetings. How about between now and next week, each one of us picks and chooses to deliberately smile at five people. Wow. And then they were like, well, what does that do? Well, what happens when I smile at you? Generally, people smile back. And, and it won't take us much time, but, look, you know, we'll try doing that. So they're like, they kind of rolled their eyes. They said, oh, okay, we'll try it. So they yeah. brought him back the next week. And they, who are the five you smiled at? Who, who did you smile at? Oh, you were picking all the cute girls? Oh. And they kind of gathered. And they said, okay, let's, let's up our efforts. It, it was so easy to do. How about we do 10 people next week? Okay. But we're going to try to avoid these people. Or if you smile at these people again, you still have to do 10 new ones. Okay. And they kind of did that. And then it just kept on growing and growing. And... By the end of the school year, their student council had 50 people. It had two advisors and they did an exit survey for the school. And people, the number one thing that people liked about the school was a warm and friendly place. And so to implement that costs zero dollars in a very little amount of time. If if you could even make the argument, it costs time at all. So because they had a desire, they were willing to do so. Right. And and again, it could be the same thing with, with business as speakers. I've had the opportunity to mentor many speakers. And when people say, I want to get into business, I go, I'm a believer of don't put tons of money into it up front because you got to see if you like it. You got to see what the market will bear. And so how do you do that? Well, you go and you do a a barter, a swap. You go to an organization, go, I'll speak for free, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to videotape it. I want you to invite someone from another department who can come and watch me. If they like me, they can hire me. I want a testimonial letter that I can put on my website. Yes. And then by giving that, you can then say to the people, hey, look it. Yeah. Um, I did that. I will do this for free. And it doesn't cost you. 
And then if that elevates, then that person in the other department goes, how much do you charge? Now you can yeah. charge. And now with that money, you can go in up your website or et cetera, et cetera. So just baby steps. You don't have to jump into the, into the deep end if, if you want to start off slowly. And, yeah. and the other thing too, this is very advantageous, is if you have a day job. No, you have a day job and you're not ready to jump off and, and quit yet, you can you know, make it your side hustle. And then at some point when your side hustle grows to the level which you feel competent and you want to dive in, then you can go all in. Fantastic. This is a great strategy, Sanjay. And I really admire that how you explain step by step with the baby steps and um, not spending too much, but utilizing your own resources, being self-confident and giving it a try. And, and in my learning over two, three decades, is I, I learned that there are only two answers in the world. Either it is yes or it is no. There is nothing in between. If it is no, then you move on, you improve and you graduate. If it is yes, then you still move on and improve and graduate. So I really appreciate that the way you uh, demonstrated that, you know, how we can start with scratch. And yeah, and in short, I think that's a volunteer work. Once we volunteer, we've been recognized by the community and the organization, wherever you want to pitch in, the line of the field of a career or business you want to be in. I, I always suggest young adults that first you volunteer. If you don't like it, then you know it's not your cup of tea or you, you, this is not your field. Well, I, I ran a software company about 20 years ago and yeah. looking to bring on this programmer and he was confident and he said, look it, you bring me on. You don't even have to pay me. If you're not happy with my work, we'll go separate ways. Okay. Of the guy and, and ended up hiring him, but also back paid him for all the time he did before. When you are good and you create value, the yes. universe will reward you. I agree. Strongly agree. Thanks so much for sharing that. I know it's very important. Okay, now you have dealt with enormous amount of people from corporate folks to young adults and teacher and organizational. My next question is how, what are the ideas to deal with the difficult people or the negative mental attitude kind of people? We face around, trust me, from home to work, to office, to society. How can we deal with the difficult people? Do you have any ideas? So if I go back to 108010, your top 10 are the easy ones to deal with. The bottom 10 are the difficult ones to deal with. And in the 108010 philosophy, you do what I call is you neutralize the bottom 10. What does that mean? Neutralize means you put the minimal amount of effort so that they no longer draw time, energy, attention, and thought. This is not about fixing them. This is not about convincing them. So to give an example. This podcast, okay, you have, you want to share it with the world. Okay. In the world right now, there's a 1080-10 split of viewers for you. There are people who are loyal to you. They love you. No matter what you do, you sneeze and they, it adds 5,000 views. And they're sharing with everyone. This is the most amazing. Look at the sneeze. It's awesome. Right? Then there are people who are bottom 10. And they hate you. And it doesn't matter. what You can give them a free Lamborghini and billions of dollars and uh, whatever, free vacation properties and the stress pill that removes all stress. And they'll be like, oh, I don't trust them. There's something about it. Okay. And there's people yeah. in the middle who are going to follow whoever's more empowered. When you neutralize, the bottom 10 people don't like you for whatever reason. Hmm. And you may know it, you may not know it. It may be obvious, it may not. It doesn't actually matter because the strategy is still the same. The strategy is spend the least amount of time with them. And Thank usually, you. usually that means move on. Move on. See, there, if, if I'm trying to sell, if I'm doing a sales pitch, People who like my product and like what I do are more likely to buy. Agreed? Agreed. People who don't like me 
I can spend all the time I want. No way. But they're not going to buy. And no. not only that, they're going to stress me out and I'm going to feel unvalued. And all the time I was wasting with the bottom 10, I could have been forging relationships with the top 10 for people that are going to buy. I agree. Strongly so agree. how do you deal with difficult people? You neutralize them. More often than not, that means just walk away. Okay. Sometimes it may mean, like if you're a restaurant owner, it might mean yeah. give them a free meal with the caveat that says, I'll give you the free meal, but you have to promise never to come back. <laughs> want to be done with them. I actually know a very well-to-do couple that it is their sport to go to high-end restaurants and try to complain enough to get the meal for free. Oh, no way. Wow. And, well, and so, so if you, you know, if the customer is always right and you give them everything you want, you're going to lose. They're going to come back again and do it next week. So that's why I'm with the caveat of saying, I'll give you the free meal, but please never come back again. And that's how you neutralize. Bottom 10, you stop dealing with them. And then spend all your time with your top 10 because then they create an army. They're going to give you the standing ovation. The majority 80 starts giving the standing ovation. So you're always going to get your highest yield, your biggest bang for your buck, your least amount of stress, and your best results by focusing on the top 10 and neutralizing the bottom 10. Fantastic. Very, very well explained. Thanks. And I want to add on on that, which I earlier said, that customers are always right. Rule number one and rule number two is if you don't agree, follow the rule number one. But in that, also I want to elaborate very positively that if sometimes customers are not right, which is very rare, good people like you and I and our audience are very good. But if they're not right, we need to be tactful. We need to be diplomatic to make them feel that, okay, uh, maybe I'm not qualified to provide you the service. And I want to say thanks so much for coming to me and giving me opportunity to serve you. But I think I'm not qualified. In this way, they don't feel offended and easily they go away. So we can play with our words. And if words are like magic. They are the tool. The best tool in the world is the words. It's not the playing with the words. And I still believe the philosophy is true. The customer is always right. But here's the difference in that situation. They weren't your customers. Yeah. Right? Your customers are always right. But someone who's not your customer isn't necessarily right. If you're selling a if you're selling a, a a high end car and the customer has only five dollars, they're yeah. not your customer. True, I agree. So you move on and you go great. You know what? I think you might be better with a a matchbox or a a little toy car. Yeah, a sample lighter or something. <laughs> great. Thanks so much for sharing this valuable information, Sanjay. Now in this uh, the first. Uh, in the first segment's last question, I want to ask you about what is the value and the joy of mistakes? We are human. We do mistakes. And doesn't matter. Till last breath of our life, we'll be doing some silly mistake consciously or unconsciously. Now, what is the joy and value of mistakes? The, the, the values. So if you write a test and you get 16 out of 20 on the test, it's pretty good. It's 80%. But most okay. people, if they get 16 out of 20 on the test, what are the first four questions they're going to go look at? The four that you got wrong. Why? Because yeah. you want to learn from your mistakes. You don't want to get caught again. So there's tremendous value in, in learning from the mistakes. Now, mistakes themselves on their own are useless. The question is, what do you do about that mistake? Are you learning? Are you going back? Are you reassessing? And are you not repeating it? Because if you do the same mistake over and over again, then there's no value in the mistake. It's to do the mistake, to learn from it. And, and you, so you said, the answer is yes or the answer is no. If the answer is yes, you learn from it, you move forward. If the answer is no, you learn from it, you move forward. So it's the exact same th thing that's true with mistakes. The other thing too, 
is if people just focus on the mistake and go, oh, no, oh, no, I messed up. And they don't appreciate the other side of it that says, because I messed up, this is what it, this is the gift that it gave me. If you don't appreciate that gift part, then mistakes will stress you out and you're more likely to repeat them. But when you're a little more relaxed and less uptight, even if you make a mistake, you feel relaxed enough and um, at whole enough, at peace enough, content enough to know that it will still serve you. There's a, a line from a lyric from a Jason Mraz song. It says, uh, you, you, what does it say? You learn some, no, you, you know, oh, what is it? You live some and you learn some, uh-huh. right? You, you make mistakes. Certain times you get it right and you're on the right path. And other times it's just your experience. And so again, both extremely, extremely valuable. Now I agree. Thanks so much for sharing this value of information. I'm adding on on this when I do my own seminar and coaching online as well, too. I said, usually young adult, it's okay to do mistakes. But the, what, the most important thing is that take an inventory. Don't go to bed unless you recollect what you did best. And you would have supposed to do the best and it didn't happen. Take an inventory five minutes before going to bed and recollect what are the good things you did and not good things. And if it is not, can you improve? If you cannot, just leave it to the upper power, God or universe and keep focusing on your strength. Mistakes will happen, but we need to take inventory to not to repeat all those mistakes if it is not serving us. So, yeah. All right, Sanjay. Well, thanks so much for this first round. Now, let's do the second round. We call Make the World happy round are you ready for your short powerful and meaningful answers bring it on bring it on rapid fire let's do this okay now what does happiness means to you it's a balance of contentment it's so it's being happy and sad and owning both fantastic what does lifestyle mean to you lifestyle is contentment it, it's doing what you want on your terms Doing what you want on your own term. That is a profoundly said that. And I heard somewhere it was very true that doing on your own term. If you're not happy and content what you're doing, I mean, the entire world's philosophy or motivation cannot just inject something inside you to do it. Doing what you want. I love it. Okay. What does failure mean to you? Experience. 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 Personal and professional both. Experience it. Absolutely. Yeah, now, uh, Sanjay, you have to choose one among this, okay? You have to okay. choose. All right. What would you like to have more in your life? Love, sex, money, or fame? Probably love. Okay, why? Uh, because love is, of the three of those, it's, it's the most unconditional. Okay. Um, and, and I would actually say, if you have love, self-love, love for others, others loving you, you get the other three. They're, they're bonus Bonus. Yeah. Such an intelligent answer, sir. I agree with that. Okay. Now, would you like to hear a disagreement from intelligent people or from an idiot? That's a great question. Uh, Again, there's value in both. Okay. Um, See, (laughs) I, I think I would lean towards the idiot because the, the intelligent person you can probably rationalize where they're coming from and you can actually understand their point of view. Whereas the idiot would give you something and you probably wouldn't consider it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like that. So there's again a learning. So you are a hungry man to learn from the idiot too as well. Well, you never know when uh, even an idiot can share a brilliant idea in a lazy way, which we can do when we are active. 
Absolutely. They, you know, they say never argue with an idiot because they'll just knock you down to their level and beat you with their experience of being an idiot. So <laughs> there's a drive. We, we live in a world with all wonderful people. Okay. While dealing with finances, do you like knowing your weaknesses or your innovative skills? Can I say both? <laughs> it's your answer, my yeah, sir. Of course, because you, you need both. And again, from a 10-80-10 perspective, the weaknesses are your bottom 10. You need to neutralize them because okay. look how many people, famous people make $100 million, but they spend $101 million, I agree. right? So you, you need to be on track of both. I agree. Thanks. Next, what makes you happier, the intellectual part of your life or the emotional part of your life? Oh, for me, it's, it's intellectual. Uh-huh. More Why? of an intellectual than an emotional being. But I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> Great. Okay. Who's the true teacher, failure or success? Oh, failure. Why? Uh, you, the, you know, they say about Mother Nature, she's a hard teacher because she gives you the, uh, the, 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 te the test first and the lesson afterwards, right? So, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. What is the sign to know that if the person will remain an employee or or become an employer? How do we identify? I mean, I, I wouldn't say there's just one trigger. I, I think you just, you have a good sense. I think when people have more of a, a focus on outcome rather than process. Okay. So being able to give up and not micromanage. Okay. All right. right. Then people trust them and they can, they can work better with them. Fantastic. So what is the best lifestyle advice you have ever received? do it for yourself, not for others. So we get so caught up in, oh, my neighbor got this, my neighbor got that, but I don't want it. Like, well, you're supposed to want, I don't want it. I, yeah, I want to, I want to wear track pants and eat at McDonald's and, and that's, that's happiness. I agree. Such a wonderful answer. You're a genius, Sanjay. Okay. <laughs> what is the worst advice you have ever received? Oh, geez. The worst <laughs> advice I've seen. One of those. Yeah. It, it's, you know, that I think it's something around do it because everyone else is doing it. Do it because you're supposed to. That, that That's probably the worst advice. Do it because you're supposed to. Okay, what is the best health advice you have received? You are so optimal age now, and you are fantastically growing younger each day. I got, I got gray in here. I'm, I'm getting old. Um, that's the sign of wisdom. That's the, that's the sign of a wise man. There you go. There you go. <laughs> best uh, physical <laughs> advice. It's probably just, it's, it's, it's be active. Right. I mean, the entire the entire health is based on four words. Eat healthier, move more. Those are the four words I provide. I would I would give eat healthier, move more. Eat healthier, move more. I guess these all the elbows and joints were meant to be moved, not to sit down and just uh, use our remote controls for yeah. some. Things. Yeah. Great. Now, in business, do you believe in safety or risk? Or either balance. Right. At, in certain times right now, given the economy. It's more about safety. When okay. things are humming along, it's more about risk. It's about you leverage according to, to what the market gives you. Okay, fantastic. Thanks so much. What is more important in your, in your personal opinion, uh, personal development or wealth development? Oh, personal development, without question. Uh-huh. Give me quickly why. Well, a, a couple of reasons. For one is wealth development is part of personal development. Right. So you're asking me the whole thing or just a little smidgen? No, the, the whole thing, because you can have no money and be very happy or you can have all the money and be extremely miserable. We see countless cases of that. Great. Yeah, I agree. Thanks so much. So what, what is your favorite book name? One of those. Oh, the 1080 10 principle. Oh, 
There you go. But you, you set me up for that one. Um, my favorite book. There's, there, there are so many depending on, depending on, you know, the, the topic. Um, there's this one book I, I, I read years ago and it's like the self-published book. That's this big called Bubba on business. And oh, wow. it, it became part of the, the, philosophy of this 10-80-10 concept. It's about focusing on your strength. But I've seen, you know, I see that notion time and time again. Um, tipping points, another from Malcolm Gladwell is another example of that. Um, the uh, Marcus Buckingham writ written a bunch of books along those same concepts. And I keep seeing them time and time again. So there, there are lots. I, yeah, I, I can't pick one. Sorry. No, it's okay. All good. Yeah, my favorite is it's called The Pathway to a Positive Mental Attitude. I'm a co-author of the book. Okay, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> no, no. It's to my audience because they always wanted to know. But one of my favorite books is among the hundreds and thousands probably. I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Is it Think and Grow Rich? Uh, sure, why not? It is one of the top 10 too. Yes, yes, definitely. I'm a certified instructor from Think and Grow Rich Foundation. It's an oh, honor and pleasure. But yes, that is also one. But um, among all those hundreds of probably thousands of books that I have at Grace. And, uh, I will suggest, and I'll say, uh, Psycho-Cybernetic by Dr. Maxwell Malt, Psycho-Cybernetic. And it's, it tells about the self-image recipe and, um, and, and a philosophy. I highly encourage if someone can read that. It's a good uh, book in, uh, in your personal library. Okay, next. Um, what do you do when you are happy? What do I do when I'm happy? Um, I, I just be like, I mean, there's, it's not as though I'm doing something. I can be happy going for a walk. I can be happy playing with my kids. I'd be happy taking a nap. I can be happy watching TV. So I don't know. Happiness is a, is a, is a being, not a, not a doing. doing. Okay. So what do you do when you're unhappy because you're emotional creatures? Uh, my, my, my big go-to is I sleep. I nap. Oh, wow. Take a cat nap like a scientist. Oh. Oh, who said cat? I, it might be two hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's powerful. Okay. What is powerful? Thought, idea, or story? Story. Why? Um, because, it again, encompasses everything. You talk to tell a story, and it encompasses the idea. The other thing, too, is idea. stories get people to an emotional level, and you have the highest stickiness factor when you're emotional. Peaks and valleys, ups and downs, and a good story can get people to act more readily than information or fact. Yeah, that is why a theme of my podcast is the thought, ideas, and story of the happiest people. And you're the happiest person on my show. Thank you, sir. Okay. That's <laughs> Next not my time. name. That's your name. <laughs> oh, that's my name. Happy Bains. To make everyone happy and be happy with around the world like you, sir. <laughs> okay. Three things which can help to start a brand new successful career. Um, the mindset. Okay. So let's do it. Uh, number two is the right team. So surround yourself with people. And number three, and this is probably the least important one, is is the uh, the the stuff, whether it's money or it's capital or physical space or a widget. But it's it's the mindset. Number one, people is number two, and then stuff is number three. Fantastic. I like that. I know there can be 300 million more reasons, but these are the top three. So we will consider that and apply and see if somebody wants to start a new career. Thanks, Sanjay. Now, never say that specific word or a sentence when a man is angry. I don't know. I, I, I for One thing is I'm very, very difficult to offend. There's very little that will offend me. Uh, okay. Number two is I very rarely get mad. 
I mean, my kids said that to me the other day. They said, like, Dad, you should yell more. I, I'm not a, I'm not a yeller. I, I appreciate there are things that are, are that that you know, they're, we're human. We have ups and downs and good days and bad days. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is your favorite uh, word or a quote? Depending on the day, uh, it, it really, you know, the one I went for a bike ride yesterday. And I I constantly go through mantras. And the mantra I was using yesterday was, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Aha. Can you say it again? So so it's a matter of, like, if you look at sports teams, they start off the season poorly, but still win the championship. You look at someone financially starts off poorly, but makes good wealth. Uh, Relationship, they could start off rocky, but being healthy and and productive. So it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I agree. I like that one too. Thanks. I'm going to uh, read that and I'll write on a sticky note. Now, uh, imagine, okay, Sanjay, imagine if you would be the host of the show, okay, the Happy Conversation Idea Show, and if I would be the guest of the show, what question you would have asked me? Well, what are the what are the most important factors to you in terms of happiness? Ah, oh, that's that's a very wonderful question, a very permanent question. And I don't want to rush, but uh, I believe I believe uh, there are millions of other way of uh, be yourself. Don't copy this and that. What have worked for me is I believe become top. So let me explain to you about the top. What does top stands for? And I do this formula based course also become top. So top P stands for think, O stands for operate, and P stands for progress. Now, thinking in a new direction is the sign of a genius. If we think, we get all sort of answer. But thinking itself doesn't resolve anything unless we take operation means action. If we don't operate and act on our thinking, it is useless daydreaming. And progress, we need a three department in our life to progress. Personal life, professional life, and family life. And I think if we don't progress in this three area are not balanced, we don't uh, become top. So if we are top in our these three areas, I think we are content, we are happy, we are the most happiest people. And uh, knowing how much is much, how much is much money do we require? If I'm going to live 100 years, if I'm in my 30s, the rest 70 years, how much food I will eat for three times a day, multiply by 70 years, how much f- roof over my head I require for 70 years, we need to have that one number. And I think that one number will demonstrate our contentment that I don't need to go and get the whole world's money in my pocket. And that's not going to happen. So knowing how much is much gives us more security and clarity to not to run in the chase of the world of go, go, go. And then we are happiest people. I think this is one of those uh, simple things I've been doing since childhood. And, I, and I'm very happy. And, and I tease that to the deserving people out there. What is your message to the beautiful people of the world? Uh, I believe that everything is internally driven. So who you are and what you want comes from the inside. It's not a a matter of function of, you should do this, you should do that. Internally driven, when you know what you want on the inside, you can go get it on the inside. Okay, fantastic. That's a very wonderful plain and very powerful answer and your thoughts on that. Thanks. For sharing that uh, okay Sanjay we are closing wrapping up the show and tell me how did you like this happy conversation idea show what is your takeaway or anything I'm very happy <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was great I, I, I it was, again we said this right at the beginning you and I have known each other for, for quite some time now and it's just it's another conversation and it was a, it was a great conversation very pointed um, I would have loved to hear more from you um, but I also appreciate the format in which you're doing it so thank you I appreciate it. it's an honor to be 
to be part of this. And I hope that my thoughts and ramblings have been valuable for, for people that are watching and listening. No, definitely. It was very valuable. Your thoughts, ideas, and stories are very creative, very simple, yet very profound that you have applied for yourself and you got massive results in your personal and professional life. You have taught hundreds and thousands of people around the world. They are very beneficial. And so and if somebody will be listening, I'm just on a joke side. As you said, the bottom 10, if they don't like you, they will still not like you. It doesn't matter how much great you speak. They will still criticize you. And I think criticism also help us to improve in a better way to make more wiser and the best people who we can become. Uh, I'm very glad and I want to say thanks so much once again, Sanjay, for sharing your time. And I want to say thanks to our audience that who has spent tremendous amount of precious time. You must be doing something very valuable, but you chose to not to do that. Or you've been doing something great and listening. I want to say thanks to all the audience. And to the audience, if you think that you have got something valuable nuggets or golden tips from Sanjay's thoughts, ideas, and story, and you would like to comment in the on this on this uh, podcast or YouTube, what will be a one thing that you have take away from this show? Please let us know, and Sanjay will personally also reply that. And uh, Sanjay's websites and all the information will be mentioned in this link too. Thanks so much, Sanjay. And wherever you are, whoever you are, be the excellent version of yourself. Stay happy and be happy. And in end, I want to say that one of my code is poor service, poor reward. Excellent service, excellent reward. So we need to provide excellent service in any department of our life, personal, professional, or family. Thanks, Sanjay, for your precious time. Thank you, Happy. All the best. Now, here is the mental chewing diet for happiness, career, and lifestyle. As we know, we all are speakers and selling something when we open our mouths. Our words are our advertisements. We must smile often, more, and live in the moment by following our simple life purpose. Surrounding ourselves with good friends and community and connect with Mother Nature. Also, as Sanjay said, eat healthier and move more. So what does it mean? So get in shape for your next birthday and repeat it every year. To enjoy a long and happy lifestyle is not to worry. Eat a little less each time. Sleep on time and get up early to do the things you love the most to inspire the world and inspire yourself. Now we know that wealth development is the part of personal development so how are you doing in your wealth and personal development department? The secret to meaningful lifestyle is to take it slow. Stay physically and mentally active and do not retire. This is Happy Bins here, your host, career and lifestyle coach. And you can reach me out at www.happybins.com. Thank you.